Design it, craft it, smith it, stitch it, tool it, and pick it. We do it all. This is Bespoke Lahoma. Musical intro by Ali Harder and Big Splash Shop out of Oklahoma City. Welcome to episode eight of Bespoke Lahoma here out of Traditions Leathercraft 7500 West Reno Suite 200 in Oklahoma City by the Outlet Malls. Uh, as always, 10% off if you rep your Traditions Leathercraft merch. I have my t-shirt on today. It's a rather nice t-shirt. Uh, I don't wear a ball cap. Uh, they make my ears look big. Terrible. Uh, so this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, the 7th and 8th, uh, we have Meet the Makers in the parking lot of Traditions Leathercraft. Uh, we'll have you and Alan and Dee and Tony, some other assorted crafters, uh, makers out in the parking lot with their wares. We'll also have a make-and-take craft for the kiddos uh, while supplies last. And that'll be 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Saturday and about noon to 5 on Sunday. Uh, two weeks from now, August 14th. Oh, no, I guess that's just 10 days. Mm -hmm. uh, August 14th, that's a Saturday. Saturday, Saturday class. Uh, we would have our guy Dustin here doing <laughs> a, uh, a, do you call it a pancake knife? I call it pocket knife sheets but basically pancake pocket knife. It's sheets. just for the small folder yeah. pocket knife. Yeah. Uh, knife sheath making class uh, from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Mm -hmm. on Saturday. It'll be $25 a person, all materials and tools and whatnot included. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got 10 spots for that. Are all 10 spots open currently? All 10 spots are open. Me and Casey just, just, just put it together. it out, yeah. So. Perfect. And we'll be doing oil tans. If there's enough interest in it, in it, the next class might be a tool one. But for the first class, we're just going to do something easy, simple, oil tan, cut it out. Build it. Hand sew it. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Well, we, I, uh, I know in some of Casey's classes, he, he pops the sewing machine out and helps people out. Nope. This time, we are hand sewing the whole thing, which is a little, hand, a little bit of hand sewing, but... Well, that's good to know. I, are you going to use the, uh, you're going to teach chisel hand sewing, punching holes with chisels? Are you going to stitch all it or? Mm, probably do the chisels. Yeah. Just to make it easy, a little bit easier. Absolutely. Yeah. I like the chisels. Well, we have Doc Hole back with us for round two. We just had way too much fun last time and had to have it back. <laughs> and we, we didn't get enough. We didn't get all the story out of him. We felt like we could. So, uh, so we've got him back for a second time. You know, last week we cut off. I had asked you what was one thing that you wanted to do that you hadn't done yet, uh, and you were talking about what is it, the TCAA? Yeah, I was yeah. talking about the TCA, the Traditional Cowboy Arts Association, out of the uh, the uh, Western Heritage Museum over in the city, and. Uh, um, I think I'd, I I had said last week that I really wanted to at some point become a member of that. But we were specifically, I think, when we cut off last week, we were talking about their show, annual show. And they usually have a dinner and auction on Friday and then Saturday. And then they have the exhibit up 
uh, all of October, the then uh, November, and then I think uh, through the uh, through the first of the year uh, they shut it down. Okay. But anyway, um, for everybody who is anybody that does any kind of leather work, whether you are a saddle maker because or not or whatever, uh, you really ought to go to that exhibit and see it because it we're talking about uh the, in my opinion and many others the top of the top of the cream of the crop in the world in in their craft that's what i was going to ask is it international or is it just you mm-hmm. um it's they they do have some guys in the group uh n- one of the saddle makers actually is originally he came back in the 60s, 70s, I think, uh, to the United States from France, and he didn't know a bit of English, and <clears throat> started working in the in the uh, the sh- shop uh, a shop up in in uh, uh, I can't remember where um, uh, Capriola's shop, I believe, saddle shop. Uh, I can't remember where Capriola's is, but anyway, he didn't know any English and they, he started there in that shop, you know, and now he's a member of the TCAA and, uh, he knows really good English, fairly good English now. (laughs) So, but anyway, uh, 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 one of the guys I believe is a rawhide braider and he's from like, I believe, uh, uh, Europe somewhere. Right. Uh, uh, Spain, I believe. Um, I think his name is Pablo Lozano. Really, really cool guy. Seems seems to be. I have never met Pablo, but I've met most of those guys. You know, in different events and stuff they've had over at the museum and and uh, out at other leather uh, saddle maker events across the country and different places. So. Uh, one of the guys is from Canada, so yeah, you could technically say it's international. International, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's like kind of a banquet art show. <clears throat> yeah, they have a the top people. It's a big the, the first the first the first two days is like their fundraiser, you know, and then you know the uh, the museum acts as the gallery, basically selling the art. I mean they it they sell the pieces that they sh- are showing in the exhibit. Yeah. And obviously the house gets a cut, but, uh, the fundraiser, the fundraiser, the event, the banquet and everything is all a fundraiser for, for the TCA group. Mm-hmm. As I understand it, okay. I may be speaking incorrectly cause I don't know all the ins out, but, but, and then, uh, they sell their art, the house gets cut and the guys, you know that the artist that makes the thing gets the rest. How can anybody go to the banquet? The yeah, you have to pay. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it's it's not cheap, but yeah, yeah, you can anybody can go okay. and uh, participate. As far as I know, you can find that information out from the museum. Uh, I think I got a mailer in since I'm a member. Uh, membership for the museum i get a mailer with all that all the info all the exhibits that are coming up and all the different th- events that are going on at the museum and that's one of them that i get you say you got a membership to the museum or the tc, TC- membership to the museum okay. and 
and that everything. No, membership for the TCAA, very hard to achieve. Really? Yeah. Is you have to be. Like a selection or committee based? I know one of the guys, he's, he's a really, he's a really good guy. And actually I talk to him quite a bit. Uh, when I need help with certain things or uh, I'm, I mean, like I said, these are the guys that I look up to. And so uh, if I need help with a particular aspect of building a saddle or project or, uh, or, or, uh, you know, skill, I'll ask these guys, you know, but I asked one, yeah, he's, he's, he applied nine times to the group before they accepted him. Wow. So, it takes some time. I, I actually I actually signed up. They get they give away a twelve thousand dollars scholarship to two people every year. It's called their fellowship scholarship, and it's money that's been <clears throat> allocated from their fundraiser, their annuals, and their and some of their other events and stuff that they use to uh, award two people uh, uh, scholarship to be able to go and spend time with with the artist or craftsman of their choice in the group to learn and, you know, continuing education type thing. And they can right. use that money for travel and expenses for classes or private one-on-one -on -one type yeah. stuff. So it's pretty cool. But anyway, I've, I've applied for it the last three years and haven't gotten it yet. That yet. And that's separate from membership. That's just a, that's just a thing that they do to help upcoming craftsmen find a, another way for them to get the information or the continuing education that they need where they may not otherwise be able to do it because they just can't afford to go pay four or $5,000 to one of those guys for a week's time mm. to go and just spend some time with them. So. And anybody can do that or do you have to be? Uh, to <clears throat> no, you really need to be in it. So, so they're, again, their craftsmen are split up into, uh, rawhide braiders, silversmiths, bit spur makers, and saddle makers. So those four, those four things. And you really have to be kind of in one of those categories. In, in, yeah. Mm. So it's, it's a pretty prestigious thing. Those guys have been at it for 20 plus years. Mm. That group's been around. Yeah. And again, these are some of the top guys in the country as far as I'm concerned. You know if they do any outreach you know we've talked about <clears throat> trying to get the crafts in front of students students again do you know if they do any outreach they they offer they offer uh sometimes they offer clinics and classes at the museum through the tcaa so oh. you have to get that stuff that information from the if if the tca is actually putting on you know like a couple of years ago i went to uh i went to a floral uh, artwork uh, design and, and carving class with Troy West and Pedro Padrini, which is the guy from France mm -hmm. uh, that are saddle makers. And you pay your money for, what is it, three or four days yeah. worth of going to class at the museum. And, and it was like 600 bucks. Yeah, I don't doubt it. So, yeah. yeah. But I'm sure it's well worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you don't get a one-on-one -on -one experience like that. We actually got a chance to also, uh, while we were there in that class, we got to do tool modification and design. So our own tools. Really? Uh, yeah. So your own stamping leather type yeah. stamping work. Yeah. And I've That's actually cool. done some of that. You, I posted, I think I posted something on Facebook on the 
on the Oklahoma Crafters page. Yeah, I saw a few that. Weeks ago, some tools, some of those tools I made, and I was inspired because of that class. Yeah. How do you go about making? Take an old, take an old handy tool that that nobody ever uses anymore because it's like that weird, you know, uh, paisley shaped thing with uh, the funky lines. Oh, yeah. you, you modify it, just sand it up and make it into something else. Um, I made thumbprints out of out of one or pear shaders, whatever you okay, want to call it. Yeah. Thumbprint, pear shader, same thing. Yeah. I made a pear shader out of out of out of those, and they're cut. They have a custom image. So you know, a lot of pear shaders have either horizontal lines or vertical lines, right. or or they're cross hatched right. at a nine degree. I made a custom image so that it's got lines that actually fade off from one side of the pear shader to the other towards the tail of the pear shader it fades off from one side to the other kind of this way and then it's crosshatched on a bias not a 90 degree at the t at the tip really? so you have this really deep dark image crosshatched image at the tip of the pear shader and it fades off to the tail hmm. nobody's doing it yeah no i mean not not that somebody hasn't yeah but I haven't seen anybody doing it. No. So I made a custom pear shader for me for, because I want that somebody will go, hey, that's really cool. But then guys like me will look at a saddle, you know, and we're picking it apart, tooling, everything. And we're looking at design, flow, functionality, you know, the whole, along with the all the decorations and all the pretty stuff. Right. You know, and you look at somebody's flower and go, Hmm. I see what you did there. <laughs> That's yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. It's those little things that set everybody else off or you off from everybody else. Right. 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 Yeah. So, yeah, so the whole TCA thing is a really big deal for me because I, like many, I can't just afford to go plop down $3,000 to go spend two or three, five days to, with, with one of these guys. And pretty much the only way, especially with a kid and mm -hmm. 25 acre ranch and wife that works all the time and bills and everything else. It's hard. It's not easy. Yeah. You can't just step away for a week. Oh yeah. Well, I, I can, but I can't afford to pay to step away for a week. Well, yeah. Right. <laughs> Somebody else can pay for it. Yeah. So if you get a scholarship, so if you have an opportunity like that and you can get something like that awarded to you, great. I mean, why wouldn't you? Right. It's there. That's what it's for. So, you know, one of these days we'll see. Well, that's part of why I'm interested in joining the Chisholm Trail Guild mm -hmm. is for the fact that they do kind of help to sponsor some of the bigger classes. Because mm -hmm. I'm not even at a point for like the $200 Jim Linnell class, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so, so I definitely, I know we've threatened to join it and get more details on it a couple of times, but I'm going to. Not that I've made a meeting in the last mm -hmm. six months. Yeah, I think my last meeting that I I, I attended was last year. I I'm usually busy and I've I learned about the class last minute. Sorry, I planned that week. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just getting started uh, with my tooling journey. Actually, that that scabbard was the one and only tooling project I have ever done. Um, did you start out tooling? Did you start with the beginner kit? Where where did you start your tooling journey? And and do you have any my tooling tips? journey? <clears throat> Tips. I'm looking for tips. My dad's actually starting with the tooling too. It's just. Not well, I've got a, all kinds of tips, but yeah. my, you know. Um, what do I need to know? 
Your, my two, where did I start with my tooling journey? Yeah. Let's start there. Let's start there. Um, I think one of the first things I ever tooled my wife still carries is her purse. Really? Mm-hmm. She still has it. Um, I mean, one, one of the things I ever really, really tooled. Right. I mean, you know, I think I've done a few other things before, just kind of played around. But one of the things that I really just sat down, you know, laid it all out, literally made the pattern. I didn't use somebody else's. Right. I made the main body pattern. I made the the gusset patterns. I made everything. Um, and then I went back and I laid out the borders and every, you know, got my wing dividers out and did yeah. the whole wing divider thing and cut, you know, knife cut all my border lines, beveled them, then went back and did all the actual border work and tooled. I think that was probably the first thing she still carries it today. In fact, I'm, I need to build her a new one. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the first thing, tips and tricks. Yeah. Like anything, uh, I mean, even saddles, even no matter what it is that you're doing, um, the, there are certain things that you can do with tools that the the cheap tool will get you by and it'll be just fine. Yeah. It'll work. But if you really want somebody, like I was saying a little bit ago, where I made my own tool and I use that to tool a a flower in one of my saddles and somebody comes up and says, huh, if you want that experience for yourself, you know, you, you got to step up and use the really nice tools. Swivel knife being one of those. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I swivel knife and one I got it across. Not just sim- not just swivel knife. Something something as simple as the knife that you use to cut your your project out with. Yeah. Because a lot of people, um, and and I may get flack for this, but I don't care. <laughs> a, a utility knife does not cut it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. You can use it if that's what you want to do. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying don't. I'm saying if you want to be the person that makes that really clean, nice, nice work, a utility knife, staying true to form of the craft. And that's a big deal because when we get away from, and this is part of what the TCA is about. Right. When we get away from that, <clears throat> this is the way it was traditionally done. And we start using the kind of tools that gets us away from the original tools that we used. Pretty soon we forget about those tools. We forget about those ways and they're lost. Yeah. So the box knives have its merits, but. It's, but it's not, in my opinion, a good sharp head knife and knowing how to keep it sharp is the best way to go. Learning how to use it and use it correctly. That was one of the first tips that I picked up that really hit home for me was you're not doing leather work until you're keeping your stuff sharp until mm-hmm. until you know how to sharpen and cut a straight line. And I've yeah, and <laughs> I've had people and I've and I've been on Facebook when people said you know what knife do you use and this and that and the other and how do you you know whatever and I said why are why are you sending your knives out to be sharpened? Right. Why are you sending your own knives out to be sharpened? I don't. I, I as a maker don't have time to send my knives out to be sharpened. With the with the amount of of cutting that I do every day, and with the amount of of, of work that I can produce in a certain amount of time, I I can't do that. I have to know how to do what I do. 
I have to know how to do basic sewing machine repair. Absolutely. I don't have time. I don't have time. That, you know, that 1,770 square foot shop that I'm in doesn't pay for itself. No. Right. You know, right? So I have, you have to, you have to learn how to do a lot of those things yourself in order to keep things moving. Absolutely. So uh, tips. Yeah. When you get to a point that you can buy the good stuff, buy the good stuff. Treat yourself. Don't just, you know, yeah. don't just go, hey, I'm okay with this. I've had people say, hey, they can, they can make a good a bevel with an old, an old boxy, blocky craft tool beveler as I can with a Barry King. And you can't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But m- to my discerning eye, because I'm my own worst critic. Absolutely. Is I look at those deta- those simple details because those simple details in a complete piece are what adds up to a phenomenal piece. To craftsmanship. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I will. I'm on that same boat. Like when I moved from the craft tool beveler to the Barry King beveler, it was mm-hmm. night and day. I love it. Can you can can you make uh can you take a a, a really a six cylinder sports car, right? Yeah. And can you take a six cylinder everyday driver and make it go as fast as that sports car? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Is it a good idea? <laughs> no, probably not. No. Because all the because of all the time and effort that it went in to get that sports car to go as fast as it does is worth something. Well, and that's something that I've encountered because, like I said, I'm kind of working with old tools, mm-hmm. and the time that you spend making them work, you have to consider that all that mm-hmm. time adds up to money. And in the time that you spend making those inferior tools work, yeah. you could have bought. So imagine that over ten saddles a year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I used to. I used to before I got my splitter. Before I got my leather splitter from mm-hmm. Cobra, I used to have to do six to eight hours worth of hand, hand, oh hand, God. hand work to get yeah. candlebacks and all the other thinner leather pieces. Without okay, so I could either buy right. I could either buy two two sides of skirting and another side of thinner skirting of the same color to get those same pieces and be out the money up front, or I could spend six to eight hours splitting it down by hand. So I did. But at some point I said, I got to have that tool because it cuts now off eight hours worth, six to eight hours worth of work off every saddle I build. Right. Well, six to, when one hour in my shop is $60 an hour, right? Eight hours. Mm-hmm. Over ten saddles adds up to a yeah. lot of money. Pays for itself pretty quickly. Real quick. Yeah. Yeah. When you gave the car analogy, it's kind of off topic just a little bit. But when you you know described the car analogy, mm-hmm. I immediately thought I don't know if y'all saw it on the news, local news, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Somebody uh, took an old farm truck, turned it into a speedboat. Yeah. And they had it shooting across like overholster. Overholster. Yeah, I saw that. It was pretty funny. No kidding. Yeah, and it looked like farm truck, like yeah. from from the, uh, uh, like Street Outlaws. Really? It looked like farm truck's truck no on a boat, and this thing was in a jet boat at mm-hmm. that, and it was 
<laughs> flying across on overholster. Overholster. Yeah. No, I'm yeah, not everybody's. I, yeah, I, I've seen it. It's funny. <laughs> oh, it's a lot of fun. I love that. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so the other other advice. It's just like anything. Um, you know, it's keeping it kind of on topic on build saddles. You know, I always have these people come in, and they, especially young people, and they're 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 wanting to get serious about barrel racing. They're wanting to get serious about. This had one last week. Um, they're wanting to get serious about <clears throat> tie down calf roping. They're wanting to get serious about this, that, or the other about rodeo something that has to do with saddles. And I tell them, you know, I, they've come into my shop. Do you think this will work for a while? Yeah, it'll work for a while. But if you want to compete at the level that you're talking about that you want to compete at, which is that's a that's a shark infested <laughs> group, you know, uh, <clears throat> you're a little you're a little fish in a big pond. Uh, you have to step up your game, and that means you need to step up the quality of the saddles you're using. You have to. It's it's just a tool. Yeah. It's the same. So why not step up the quality of the tools that go into the quality of the saddle that you're building for that person that wants to be the number one? I mean, it all tied together. Yeah. Yeah. It's all tied together. What's that? I know all leather tools are important during the day of work. But what is your most important go-to tool when you're making a saddle? <clears throat> most important go-to tool. My head knife. Um, I need one. So here, here, here's the most. If if somebody wanted to build a saddle, there's I could I could list a handful of tools that you could use to build a whole saddle. You wouldn't have to have the big huge spread of tools like I have. Those things make all those little details nice. Uh, a hammer, a good one, right? Uh, a uh, pair of candle pliers, a hammer, uh, a head knife, and maybe a, a straight, a good sharp straight blade knife of some sort, like a trim knife or something like that, and uh, some really good quality needles and thread. I can I could build a saddle with those things. Yeah. Other than the incidental things, glue, tacks, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, nails, whatever, the tree. Mm -hmm. But basically, just tool-wise, I could build a saddle with those, those hand that handful of things. And do you make do it. much hand stitching? You have. There's two parts of a saddle you have to hand stitch. You can't get to really get around it. Yeah. And that is the horn and the candle binder. Yeah. Candle binder is the piece that the it's the piece of leather that holds the whole saddle seat and candle back together. Um, the very back of the seat. Yep, the very back of the seat. All right. Um, Nine so, you know, <clears throat> uh, the candle binder, that, that, oh, that okay. portion there. So, the um, it's all hand. That's all hand stitched. Goodness. Through how many ounces? Uh, there's probably three quarters of an inch of leather right there. Oh man. 
<laughs> oh, that's one other tool I'd have to have in order to build a saddle is a good awl. Good awl. Yeah. So I'll use like Douglas, the awls from Douglas Tool up in Wyoming. Um, I've got a Terry Nip Shield hand, uh, head knife. I use, um, I've got a lot of Barry King tools. I've got some Robert Beard tools. I've got some, in fact, I've got one of one set that Robert made for me. Nobody's ever, I've, I've got the only one in the world. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, custom images, a set of four. Um, when I started leather, I don't do saddles, obviously, but when I started, I used, <laughs> I didn't have it all. I used a really blunt uh, ice pick for the longest time. <laughs> A really, a really blunt yeah. ice pick. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah it, it, it sucks. So did you yeah. did you sharpen said blunt ice pick? As much as I could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, um, <clears throat> yeah. The other thing is, is uh, if you want to set if in your tooling, if you want to set yourself apart, you know, like literally, most people don't understand. I guess a, a five six. Six years, six years ago, I would have never thought about doing a lot of floral work, ever. Yeah. I mean, I did, but I wasn't really good at it. It took me, I think I said something last week, it took me, you know, what took me two hours, now I can draw in 20 minutes, because I've had somebody show me how to do this floral, you know, draw floral work, mm. and and uh, and the light switch kind of just went, Right. And then I studied it. I, you know, I sit there and I, I take screenshots of other people's work and I study it. I don't use it. I don't copy it. I just look at it. Yeah. Right. You Figure know. out the flow. I'm not just the flow, just like the minor details. I, yeah. I blow it up on the screen and I'll sit there and look at it and it'll be like, you know, I'll look at the minor, the, the, the little things that everybody, you know, you, you, when you don't have it like this in your face where you've got it all blown up and you're just standing back looking at the whole composition you don't really see it yeah. you know and those are the things that those are the things that set you your worker can set your work apart from other people i mean that's mm. the whole point is to kind of find your own thing how can i look at how can i take that little aspect of this flower and and tweak it with a different tool or a similar tool right to make it mine so that i'm not just exactly copying it the way somebody does it Right, that's how I was, you know, I, I follow a bunch of leather workers on Instagram mm -hmm. and seeing their pictures and everything. And there's, I see quite a few people doing it, but they're like on leaves, there'd be this little tool, tool marks mm -hmm. going up the leaves. I could never figure out or replicate it. How to do it. And then yeah. finally, I, it was a, a, before one of the shows, uh, Casey had Jim Villanelle up on the TV and we were sitting there watching him. He pulls the camouflager out and just angles and he starts it. and he starts doing this thing and you go ding yeah and the light and, bulb goes off yeah. right but but before that I was thinking it, I was seeing everybody doing it on leaves and flowers mm -hmm. and I was like I was thinking you know that would look really good on vines like when the vine curves you have it going up it and then once it I found mm -hmm. it I'm like well I haven't done vine work yet <laughs> right yeah. right well, I, so I the other thing yeah and there's other things too how can i take this tool that's not necessarily made to do that that's made that's made to do this mm -hmm. and how can i utilize this tool somewhere else right i've yeah. done that a lot and people go what do you 
how did you do that? <laughs> well, I took this tool and I kind of held it like this or I used it this way. And they're like, I never thought about doing that. Yeah. You know, so things like that, though, you know, anybody who's anybody can sit and learn how to hand sew and, and eventually down the road make it look really nice. Mm. Right. And I, I once had one of the guys actually from the TCAA, one of the things that uh, we were at a, we were at a leather crafter symposium that they put on about five or six years ago over at the, and, and everybody who was in leather craft of any kind attended. Yeah. So, I mean, they could have been just a crafter like yourself, you know, and, uh, and he said, I remember him saying it takes 10,000 hours to perfect every skill that we have to get that goes into our craft. And, and so, you know, I, I guess the thing is, is you just sit down and, and t- t- take the time to, you know, like I, I haven't done it much lately. I think I may have said this last week, but I, there was times when I'd sit down every morning and just draw. I go into the shop, fire the heater up, you know, get the coffee going. And I'd sit down at my desk and draw for five, 10 minutes. Yeah. Just yeah. draw, you know, and, and even if it was just, Hey, I had this idea in my head and before I lose it, I'm going to put it, I'm going to put it down or, and it may be a pattern. It may be, it may be a pattern for a particular item or it may be a tweak to a pattern for a ticket, particular item. Hey, no, I don't see anybody really doing this. Let's try this. I guarantee you somebody's probably done it somewhere, but you know, um, uh, draw your own artwork. That's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely a, a we can, skill We can get in into that. We yeah. can get into that. And I've, you, I, and in fact, I've actually gotten into. I have one particular. After I started really drawing floral work, I did a piece. I did this art piece for my wife in in a kind of a Sheridan floral design. Uh, you may have seen it. You may not have. A lot of people have. It circled the internet pretty rapidly, and a lot of people have seen it. And actually. Um, since then, I've had three people steal it. Yeah. Um, I've had a few people actually ask me, can I use it? And I said no, because I haven't even used it yet. But it was what it was. Is, and some of the people wanted to use it for a tattoo. <clears throat> oh, really? And I said, yeah, I want to put this tattoo on my shoulder of this. And I said, that's great, because the picture, actual picture is this big. <laughs> so good luck getting it down to where it looks like it should this big on your arm. You know, it doesn't, you know how that works. Yeah. Unless you've got a really good line guy. Yeah. It just looks like a garbled mess of crap. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it was is it was an outline of my wife's uh, horse head. And I drew this floral work on the inside of it. Um, and the mane is actually part of the leaves of the vine work and the the leaves of the some of the vine work is actually the nostril and the mouth and and then most people know but don't know this but on that on that picture I actually hid my uh brand did you where unless you know where it is or look for it I mean I tagged it so 
I know it's mine if somebody uses it so because if I blow because if I blow it up, I can I can show you right where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, I've had people I've had people I had some gal in Australia use it on a rope can and try to sell it for and call and and claimed it was hers. And I call her out. She blocked me and <laughs> took a bunch of stuff down. And she was trying to sell this rope can for, you know, four hundred and some odd dollars. Yeah. Australian, which is, I'm not sure what the exchange rate is right now, but, um, anyway, uh, and that same rope can, if I'd have done that same would have been about $1,400. Mm-hmm. So I mean, she's, yeah. yes, it's flattering that people like my artwork that well enough that they want to use it. No, I'm not okay with them using it because the backstory to that picture is, is that horse was 30 years old, almost 31 years old this year. And my wife had to put her down and she said, I don't want anybody to have that artwork. Yeah. Yeah. Until, until you get a chance to do something with it it for her. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I I think I remember seeing that. It went all over the, it went all over the internet. I I know I've seen the, uh, I forgot who did it. It was, one of the bigger leather workers, um, they did like the bucking horse. Joe mm-hmm. Melling. With, with the floral inside of it. Yeah, he he does the Joe. I, I've seen some other stuff that yeah. he's done. Joe's done some stuff, and I don't know Joe. I've never met him, but he's good. I'm, I'm a fan of his of that, of his work. Nice, yeah, he does some nice really work. nice work. Um, uh, He did the bucking horse all out of like floral vine work. Right. Yeah, and, and the, with the a, cowboy. Yeah, and he yep. did a bowl. Yeah. yeah, and I've seen some other stuff too. But nobody, I've never seen anybody take the silhouette of an outline of a horse's no. head and then do this whole thing on the inside of it. Right. And I'll show you after the podcast is over the picture because I've got it. But Well, we've talked on the podcast before about kind of scalping work and the, the etiquette within the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's people that sell their patterns. And, sure. And they do that for a reason. They mm-hmm. they want to share those patterns for a price. And I'm actually starting I'm actually trying to think and I actually put that out there I think the other day was yeah. I'm actually thinking yeah. about I'm thinking about starting to draw some belt butt patterns, some other patterns for some different things, not necessarily for myself, but just for people to have if they want them. You, betcha. you know, cuz who knows maybe want somebody might want some of my work. I don't <laughs> know. Maybe. Yeah. And so, you know, um yeah, um which is great. Which is great, but within the industry, we've got to have that that respect and that decorum. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the re, uh, you're absolutely right. And actually, I have a, a short little story. So those two, uh, we were I was talking last year about the you know the big two saddle order that I did, the fifteen thousand dollar order uh, in one order uh, last year, and the customer recently came to me and they said, "I want this feather pattern." And I said, okay. So I said, let me draw a few things of my own. She said, no, I want this one. And I said, well, I know who drew that pattern and I don't know if they'll let me use it or not, or that style. Yeah. And it happened to be Don Gonzalez. Well, the thing is, Don actually sells that particular style in some, in, in some pattern pack type stuff for him. And so I said, I tell you what I'll do. I said, uh, I can draw that style. That's not a problem. But um, I'm not going to do it unless the original artist who I know drew that style and is selling it would be okay with it. Right. So I called Don up and I talked to him and I said, hey, 
I have a customer that wants me to do this feather style pattern that you've got. And, and he said, I sell it in pattern packs, use it. I mean, not, not necessarily that. He said, you're going to draw it differently than I do right. slightly, and you're going to tool it differently than I do, so go for it. I said, well, I just wanted to give you that courtesy. You know, and that's, yeah, that's fine. I'm good with it. I, I had a lady on the, uh, the, the one picture of this horse that I did. Um, I had a lady from, like, I don't know, Scandinavian country. She she did it. She actually did it. She she uh, she flipped it and did it in reverse image. Inverted it, yeah. Inverted it and did it in reverse image and tooled it, and she was just practicing. And somebody, she posted it, and somebody saw it, and they said, hey, that's so-and-so designs. You ask him if you can. Used if you could use that. And she, so she private messaged me and she asked me after the fact. And uh-huh. I said, "Can I use this? Is this okay?" And I said, "Well, it would have been nice for you to ask me before, mm-hmm. you know." Yeah. <laughs> but hey, luckily, my most of my customers, they've had you know their own ideas of what they wanted. I've had a few that'll take a screenshot of somebody else's work and be like, I want something like this. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I've had good customers where I can tell them, I can't make that exact thing, mm-hmm. but I can do something that similar. is similar, but similar. I can't do that because it's, you know. Right. And and that's and that's okay. I don't have a problem with that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, here's the other thing is, is again, we I think we kind of tested this last week. Everybody's... Uh, Everybody's doing these again, the hey dude toes, the croc the yeah. croc straps. And right, <laughs> right. And um you know, nobody has the corner mark market cornered on what? It's the specific. Right. This is mine, I did this. Don't copy it and claim it as your own. Right. But if it's a croc strap, if it's an idea, mm-hmm. Sorry, it's fair game. Right. You know, there's a, we we've had these discussions in different forums on saddlemaker pages, um, where some saddlemakers say, "Well, you know, this guy, I think I'm gonna cut this like this and lay this in here, or do this, or whatever." And and somebody said, "Oh, wow, that's really cool. I think so and so started doing this." And somebody, one of the old guys, piped up and said, "Son, I'm gonna tell you what." I've seen some saddles that were done back in the 18, 1900s. There's somebody was already doing it. You're not the first one. Yeah. So somewhere in leather, if somebody thinks up of something cool that nobody else has ever thought of, somebody else has probably already done it. You just don't know about it. There is nothing new under the sun. No. I mean, yeah. there's variations of everything. There's lots of variations, and the variation may be unique. Absolutely. And I think that's great. And that's the whole point. Do what it is that you can do to make your variation stand out from everybody else's. Uh, speaking of what you said, the uh, saddle making forums or groups. Yeah. What What are some that if somebody's just now getting into saddle making, uh, go to? So. Uh, are these see. actual forums or Facebook forums? Facebook Facebook forums. So. Um, <clears throat> Beginner, I'm I'm actually the administrator in the beginner saddle and tack page. Oh yeah. Um, let's see. Um, uh, 
I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, there's, uh, oh man, I really can't, I, I, I can't, I don't know. There's just a, there's bunches. If you type in saddle making or saddle on the, on the Facebook search, you'll come up with all kinds of stuff. Okay. I mean, you know, it's just, they're there. And this is where the, the guys that, you know, I have hung out with, talked to, and the guys that I look up to, this is where we all hang out, you know, and show our stuff. Um, Does anybody still do traditional apprenticeship? Type uh, of it's stuff? funny you say that. Not not the tra the traditional tr apprenticeship. Like the idea of apprenticeship, yeah. where you you come in green and and yeah. you just. So it's funny you say that guys. because I kind of I kind of uh, am. Uh, I offer a beginning saddle makers course out of my shop. Yeah. And it and you pay me to come for two weeks and build a saddle. Really? Yeah. And uh, I would suggest that anybody that's getting into building saddles, you know, the Al Stolman Encyclopedia is great. Yeah. The all the all the the multimedia all the YouTube's great. Mm. All the multimedia materials are great. All the all the stuff is great, but there is nothing nothing compares can compare no. to sitting there with someone showing you how to do it. Nothing. No. In in person learning, there is nothing that compares. There is no substitute. Absolutely none. No. How much does your class cost? It's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So 15 years ago, I paid almost $7,500 yeah. to go spend time with the gentleman that I did. Mm. And I was there for the better part of a month. Yeah. But, you know, uh, it's 8000 For those very, very beginners that don't have any tools, it, it includes a $500 uh, hand tool set that you can go and build a saddle with. Mm. It includes your lodging, but not meals. Uh, it includes the materials for one complete saddle, and and it includes my undivided attention and shop time. I shut the shop down for two weeks. Sweet, that, that's so what I was curious. I about. shut my shop down. Now, if I have customers that come in and they're picking something up, I let them in the door. But I shut my shop down for two weeks, and we do nothing but build a saddle wow. together. Yeah, we talk about you know pattern uh, making. Uh, we talk about rigging placement styles, saddle styles, saddle types, the whole thing is we try to touch on that. You're not going to learn. You're not going to learn how to be able to build a saddle and you're going to go home and put your shingle out and say you're a saddle maker in two weeks. No, no. <laughs> when you start learning is when you go home, when you're done. But what I like for people to do is I like for them to come and I like them to build a saddle. And the very first thing they do, if they can afford to, is go home, buy all the materials for one saddle, and turn around and try to build another one at home right away. Yeah, use those skills as quick as possible. Because mm -hmm. as soon as you start putting those to memory on a regular basis, the quicker, you know. Quicker it sticks. And the other thing is, is you won't not do that and then wait for a while and then forget and then you kind of halfway do things and you go uh, and you 
kind of don't want to call me back because you're embarrassed to ask, <laughs> how, do I do this? how do I do this? And then, and I say, why did you wait until six months after you built your first one to build your second one mm-hmm. and whatever? And then you start developing bad habits right. in, in the build itself. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that there are not other ways to do the same things because there are. You know, there's there's several different ways to build a really good ground seat. There's several different ways to to build, uh, you know, to cover to cover the several different techniques that you can use to cover a swell and get to the same thing or you know whatever. Right. There's several different ways to to build a certain part of a saddle and get to the end same end result or a similar end result. Uh, but for the most part, um, you know, there is a, but there is a wrong way, <laughs> you know, and the wrong way is to try to go out and do it by yourself, but yeah. without any instruction other than reading a book or watching a video or so and so, because unless you've had the nuance of watching that craftsman show you how to do it, so that you can re- replicate that muscle memory on a specific task. You're going to struggle. You know, I had one of my students came that eventually came to me and we built his second saddle in my shop yeah. with me. He built his first saddle and wow. Is it rough? Tried to do it by himself and it was. <laughs> Waste of I, said, I said, don't do that again. <laughs> I told him, I said, don't, don't do that again. <laughs> now, are there people that can do it? Are there people that can go and they can and they can build a really nice saddle because sure. they've already been around saddles. Uh, they know what they need out of a saddle when they're building it. I mean, when they're designing it, they know well, how it needs to function. They under they kind of have a general idea of leather work. Fine, I get it. And they can go out and they can build a pretty nice saddle. I've seen them do it. But imagine how far much much further ahead they'd be if they had also. Oh, you don't have to do that. Yeah, you do, because imagine how much, again, how, how much further you'd be if you had. How much further ahead of the curve would you be had you had gone to a person and spent time and had them show you exactly the things that you don't know? I think it goes back to the bad habits that you mentioned and kind mm-hmm. of the discussion we had with using the right tools, too, is I think with the wrong tools, you can pick up some bad habits. Absolutely. Well. Yeah. Wrong instruction, wrong wrong tools. You can pick up. You can really habit. wreck your day if you use a head knife wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. You can really wreck your day if you use a head knife wrong. You can really wreck your day if you use an awl incorrectly. Oh yeah. You can really wreck your day if you use a needle and thread wrong. I mean, I know it sounds crazy. I mean, what 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 can damage can you do with a needle and thread? Trust me. You yeah. can do a lot of damage with a needle and thread. I actually wrecked my day with a stitching chisel. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that the edge of the teeth was also sharp, and I had used oh, my finger yeah. pull to pull it down and to pull the chisel out, and I didn't notice. So were alls. Until yep. I had about 15, 20 little micro cuts on the side my, of my finger. I took, I, I took one of Bob Douglas's alls, and I'd never done this before. I took one of Bob Douglas's and stuck it in my fingers like this and went like that one day and I looked at my hand and I was like mm. I think I might need to get that stitched up. Yeah. <laughs> but well, what's the worst 
injury, well, yeah, injury you've had while doing doing saddles or leather work? Like, uh, I give you an opportunity to tell on yourself. I ran. (laughs) (laughs) I cut myself almost daily. Oh yeah. Uh, In some small or large larger shape form or fashion the worst thing you i ever did all your digits though mm, i'm missing part I mean, of that i'm missing part of that one um worst thing i think i i think i sewed through my finger one day with this, one of my sewing machines Oof. yeah that finger yeah right, right through there i it took me a long time to learn don't catch the all if it rolls off the table. Because I, you know, I mm. poked myself a few times that one day it went to roll off and I was wearing Crocs yeah. in the shop. Yeah. And Don't even stick your foot underneath it. I, I didn't move. <laughs> I, I didn't even move. And oh, look, no. Look, luckily, it went right between my big toe and my other toe. Mm. It stuck right into my Croc. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the other thing I'm thinking about doing too is I'm thinking about starting to do some just basic classes on on tooling. You know, you want to come and learn how to work on your technique, not necessarily not necessarily an item, right? Because there's something to be said also. I mean, it's nice to be able to build an item, but there's something to be said for refi- be, having someone help you refine your tooling. Even if it's just basket weaving, absolutely, or whatever, whether it's geometric stamping or floral carving, mm-hmm. whether it you know, and drawing your own artwork. So that was the other thing I was going to say real quick is everybody who's anybody who really wants to get somewhere in their leather work, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, which is what we brought <laughs> you here for, is if you're going to do floral artwork, you need to learn how to draw your own stuff. There's only so much that you there's so far you can get with somebody else's art buying pattern packs and doing somebody else's artwork. You limit yourself. I can uh, I can yeah. Uh, you, you probably understand this. I understand it a, a little bit maybe a little bit more, but I can always tell whose saddle that is and who tooled it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By how it by how it was designed and tooled, how the artwork was laid out, how it was tooled and whatever. Absolutely. You know, I recognize Don Gonzalez's stuff. I recognize Britt Nance's stuff. I I recognize a lot of these guys' stuff because I sit there and look at it in detail. Right. Not just as a whole piece, but in detail. Study. Yeah, study it. Study. So, Doc, where, if people wanted to do this internship or just get a hold of you, uh, how can they find you? Uh, we're we're located at 316 Elm Avenue in the Old Mill Plaza Shopping Center in Yukon. Uh, that's just in the shadow of the mill, just one block south of, or the, in in the just south of Lock Supply, one block south of, of 66 in in Yukon. And uh, um, I'm on Facebook as Clinton M. Hall. Uh, I have also a saddle shop page. It's C Bar H Saddlery. Um, website cbarhsaddlery.com. I don't sell anything out of my website. If you want something from me, you have to call me up or come in to get it. Um, uh, Instagram, it's just, again, my name. I think I need to follow you on Instagram. I don't think and, I then, you on Instagram. Um, and then, um, let me think, 
is there another way? Yeah, you can call the you can call the shop because uh, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Is four zero five four nine four seven seven eight zero. I'm there usually from uh, nine to five Monday through fi Friday and from eight to two on Saturdays. So you know, it's just uh, just come and see me. Come and talk to me. You know, as far as you know, let me. Get out, try new things, buy good tools, mm -hmm. buy good quality materials. You know, don't at some point raise your game and don't skimp on the cheap stuff. Get right. treat yourself, sell the good stuff and charge a little bit more for it. You Absolutely. Know? You know? So just do your thing, make it happen. Doc, thanks for joining us. Yeah, again. Thank you. yeah, absolutely. I was uh, happy to be here again on for it's kind of like again for the first second <laughs> second week in a row kind of a deal. But I appreciate you having me. And you know. so, do you know why pirates cannot finish the alphabet? No, but I imagine you are going to tell me. <laughs> they get lost at sea. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Oh, join us next week. I said it once, say it again. How many times I've told you? I know this stuff because I'm from the grave.